You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. This is going to be so good. So we're continuing our conversation. Hopefully you're doing the little exercises. Ashley was the first one to jump on. I was like, are you making money? And I'm going to ask you guys the same question. <laughs> I hope you're making money this month. Like that is the purpose. Today, we're going to kind of build on the conversation we started last time. So I'm just going to give you a quick recap. The big thing that I want you to take away from last week is that there's three things you need to be doing every day, which is adding value. What we get back is the stuff we put out. So we want to be adding value to the world. We want to be asking for money. A lot of this is very uncomfortable for some of you. I know. Some of the prompts I know are stretching you. And if you didn't do it, that's okay. I don't want you to have judgment about not doing things. But the reason that I'm even offering it is this is challenging your way of being with money. If you want what you have, keep doing what you're doing. But if you want something different, we got to break into something new. So it's meant to challenge you. And then the third thing that I talked about was beliefs. And today we're going to talk about challenging your beliefs and choosing beliefs that serve you in making money. So today we're going to talk about like your subconscious mind and why I think it's so important to understand that when we try to choose conscious thoughts, that's awesome, but it doesn't mean that magic happens necessarily. And this was really hard for me to understand. I read the book, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I mentioned that book a lot. Many of you have probably read it. I recommend it. But one of the things that I realized is it's not just changing our conscious mind, it's changing our subconscious mind. So I want you to consider our conscious mind is the gatekeeper for what goes into our subconscious mind. One of my favorite ways of thinking about our subconscious mind I got from Ed Milet. He says that subconscious mind is like the prover. It can't differentiate between what is true and what is false. Whatever it gets, it's just like, okay, this is it. The problem is some of us, many of us, most of us, have created a paradigm with our subconscious mind about money that doesn't serve us. Things like you have to work really hard. Things like, well, the rich get richer and they're just lucky and that's how it is. Things like I have to trade my soul for money or whatever ideas aren't useful in creating the life and the financial reality that we want has to do with our subconscious mind. And so a lot of times when I'm coaching, it's like we're working here because that's what's awake. (laughs) But the subconscious mind is listening. And so there's two parts of our conscious mind. It's deductive and inductive reasoning. I'm not going to go super deep into the differences, but one of the things I want you to know is that we get to choose consciously, is this a thought I want to keep? That is very powerful information. This means we can decide what thoughts enter our subconscious mind. Part of the work of Make It Rain is almost like pounding the thoughts in that we want through repetition, through making it emotional. We're going to talk about a few different ways we do this to rewire or create a new paradigm in our subconscious mind. Because most of you have great conscious thoughts, especially if you've been introduced to thought work, you have great conscious thoughts. You like know what thoughts to think about money, right? It's not that you don't know what thoughts Like if I asked you, what are the best thoughts about money? You probably have a list, probably the same list as me. (laughs) It's like money is everywhere. Money is easy to make. It's good for me when I make money. Money's flowing in and all the thoughts that I share in the Make It Rain program and that little PDF that I sent you or the daily prompts, thoughts that you might have borrowed from other coaches, like that's not the problem. I know you have them in your conscious mind. What we're talking about is changing the way your subconscious interprets it because our subconscious mind is the prover, right? Whatever the subconscious mind believes is what it's going to play out in the world. There's a really great book called Psycho-Cybernetics that I recommend if you want to study it. 
And cybernetics is basically the way that I like to think about it is like a thermostat. You might have heard this about your identity. The thermostat is a cybernetic example that I love because let's say you set your thermostat to 70 degrees and it's a wintry day and the temperature in the house moves down to 68, 67, 65. There's a mechanism that turns on the heater that brings it back. I want you to think of your subconscious mind like a thermostat with money where it's like it's set to a certain level and that feels very comfortable. And because our mind is a cybernetic as well. What happens is if you start making more money and you haven't changed the operating system, you will sabotage and come back. And you probably have had this happen in your life, right? The other way works too, right? If you're not making enough money, you'll kick in the gear. Like something will happen where you're not going to end up on the street. You will get creative. You will take action that shocks you, <laughs> surprises you. You will get a new job. You'll come up with a new offer. Like something will kick in so that you don't go the other way. Right. And so part of our work is to raise the temperature that you are comfortable playing at so you can make it rain. I have 11 ideas for you today. This is how we change our subconscious paradigm, because it's not just thinking new thoughts. That's part of it. Part of it is like adapting, writing down new thoughts, trying to believe new thoughts, practicing new thoughts. And so I'm actually going to make a little list for you because it's not I wish it was like you just think a new thought. That is part of it. So we got the new thoughts and I've shared some in the program, right? Like money's always coming to me. It's easy to make money. People want to pay me. I can make as much money as I want to. Money flows in. Money comes from places known and unknowns, like those kinds of thoughts. The other thing that I want to offer is like new emotions. And it's not just I'm happy. I feel good. For me, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, like practicing the emotion of the thing already fulfilled, of the thing already done, the thing assumed. Look at your number for the month, which I asked you to do, a number that you'd love to make, and you tap in, if it was already done, how would you feel? And you practice that feeling and not just like going through the motions, like really letting it change you and trying to do that as often as you can. That's another way because the subconscious responds to emotional events, right? When I think about some of the old paradigms that I adopted as a kid, it was always emotional. So I'm going to give you an example. I think I've shared this story before. So when I was in high school, my dad lost his job. And I remember him sitting us down and was like, hey, we need to make some changes because this is a really scary time. And I'm like 15, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is a scary time for our family. He's like, we can't flush the toilet as much. We have to turn off lights. We can't eat out like all these lifestyle changes. And he was like, if we don't do it, like we're going to have to move. We're going to have to like do some really scary things. And I remember the feeling was scary. And I was associating money with scary. A lot of us have this program, right? And so making money was scary. Not making money was scary. Having a job was scary because it could go away. I lived in a pretty affluent area. That was scary because now it's not safe to live there. All these little connections because I had an emotional event. And so sometimes what I've noticed is we detach our thoughts from our emotions. So it's like money comes to me from places known and unknown and you feel the same. Nothing's going to happen in changing your subconscious paradigm. Nothing. Nothing will change about your story about money. So we want to integrate these two things, right? New thoughts and new emotions. The other thing I'm going to add is new images or visualizations. I love studying NLP. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it's basically what happens before the sentence in your brain. Like, what picture do you have? Is it bright? Is it black and white? Is it big? Is it small? Is it fuzzy or is it super clear? Are you in the picture or do you only see other people? Like all these different things. And so one of the things that I think you might play with is when I say picture yourself having this amount of money, whatever amount of money you've been working on, 
Do you see yourself in the image? Are you holding like stacks of cash? Are you checking your bank account? What image do you see? Because we can manipulate the image so it feels more real and more emotional. The point of the images is to help bring out the emotion in you. So I really like feeling gratitude. Gratitude for the wish fulfilled, right, is how I think about it. So it's like if I'm imagining myself at a certain income level, how I like to do is like I imagine myself checking my bank account at my computer. And some, I practice either seeing myself at my computer, checking my bank account, or I imagine myself actually as me checking my bank account, I kind of go in and out. And I sit with the image in this practice. It's, for me, it took a long time to actually hold the image because my brain's like squirrel brain. I'm like, Whoa! all over the place. So the more I practice it, the more I could sit with the image until I could feel the gratitude of seeing the number that I wanted on my screen. And this took practice. So like, that's the other thing that I think most people don't like this is the repetition. We have to repeat it over and over again. And so when you do this, I think you could play around with what makes you more emotional. Is it seeing yourself in the picture or is it assuming like you're in it? And I do both because it just helps me kind of really get into it. So maybe you see yourself telling your mom, you're like, mom, I had my biggest income month ever in business or your husband or your best friend or your biz bestie or whoever. Maybe it's like imagining going out to dinner with your family and you're like, I got it. I just had my biggest income month ever. Like I want to celebrate. And you put yourself in the picture, in the movie, the mental movie. This only works if it creates a new emotion. That's really what we're after. And so I would play around with this. Some people, another thing that I like to do is kind of like scroll Pinterest for pictures that make me feel, I'm like, this captures the feeling that I want. And you can't see it, but I have a big vision board right on the side of me, right over here, of pictures that make me feel something. And I think that that combination of the new thoughts, new emotions, and new images will do wonders for you. I have more for you, but these are the things that I think if you would take anything away from today, practicing new thoughts. Actually, it looks like you're doing nothing. Like I will sit in my chair and literally just like let gratitude fill me up. And then I pair that with an image of something that I'm trying to create. And I just practice holding it. And you'll be shocked because this is like the cybernetic part that your body will almost like reject it, especially if you haven't practiced feeling gratitude or abundant or free or whatever emotion kind of speaks to the wish fulfilled. It's really hard to hold. And this was shocking to me. Because I've heard so many theories and like had done all this mental, like cerebral work. And when I started trying to pair it with an embodiment practice, it was very difficult for me. So some other option or some other thoughts I wanted to share with you is I like doing it when I'm walking. So it's like I'm imagine almost like playing out a movie in my head of things that I'd love to have happen. The only difference between this and worrying is I'm imagining something that I want to have happen. A lot of times if we leave our mind on default, we'll start worrying about things or we'll think about things that we don't want to have happen. It's the same creative exercise. It just takes a little bit more intention to think about things that we do want. And it's uncomfortable because it's not practice. Gratitude, abundance, prosperity, like that feeling of freedom and limitless options that money can bring you. I think we just haven't practiced it enough. We've practiced constraint. We've practiced limitation. We've practiced scraping by or making ends meet. And if you want a new reality, you kind of have to practice it inside and be the person. So I like to practice it when I'm walking. Sometimes I'll let my kids play outside and I just like let the emotion, the sun hit me and like I let the emotion come up of gratitude and I try to flash a picture in my mind of what I think I want to create in the future. This is the kind of thing that you repeat over and over again. It'll get easier with time. It's weird because you think your body and your mind would want to like feel all these things, <laughs> right? 
but there's resistance because of the thermostat idea. Your brain's like, this isn't normal. This is not what we normally do. This is not how we're programmed. This is uncomfortable. And so just know that's going to come up like a little squirrel brain. Like, it's okay. I want to bring that feeling of gratitude up again. What does it feel like? Like, let it come into you again. And that repetition will make it more practice and much easier to tap into. Okay, so that we talked about the new images, ways of being. This is like related. You guys know I really resonate with the word being because what I love about this is I can practice this no matter if I'm working in my business or if I'm at the grocery store. If I'm on a coaching call or if I'm talking to my husband watching Netflix, who am I being? Like, how would the wealthiest version of me watch this Netflix show? I would be at ease. I wouldn't be stressed. I would like sink into relief. That feeling of like, I got like everything is working. If I'm on a walk, if I'm working out, if I'm writing in my journal, if I'm making dinner, I can practice this. And I really like this because it's about integrating into the whole person. I'm not just being wealthy in my mind when I'm writing in my journal, when I'm practicing my visualization, because that's what my coach told me to do, right? Like it really is an integrated way of changing who I am. And so I like to practice it in different ways. Like I mentioned, like doing dishes or driving. I just assume that person, like, what would it be like if I was her? And that's how we collapse time. New expectations. This has changed my life. I want to offer, maybe even ask you a question, a rhetorical question. Answer it in your own mind. Did you wake up truly expecting to make more money than you've ever made in your life today? For me, this changed my life because I realized I just woke up expecting it not to be happening. Like I just woke up expecting not to make money, that it would have to be a struggle. And I realized that was like that program. That's just what I kind of expected. But when I picture someone who makes any amount of money more than me, they expect to make more than me. They wake up expecting to make whatever amount it is. And when I learned that, it's like, well, how do you change your expectations? It's like you practice them. You practice expecting I use this a lot. Wouldn't it be cool if? Because it takes out the emotional doubt. Because we're just playing a game, right? We're not trying to figure out how. We're just saying, wouldn't it be cool if? And I like practicing this because things start to change. My expectations start to change because I'm not, my brain isn't doing this thing. You guys probably do this. It's like, I want this. but And then it's like an immediate response. Like, how would you do that? That seems impossible. Your mom wouldn't think that was okay. Or whatever stories. We like say what we want and we immediately have a story about why it's not going to work or why it's going to be hard or why you're not really cut out for it or why it's too impossible. And so I like to play games like this where we're just like using our imagination, like our creative imagination, because we're not trying to also figure out how it could be. We're just saying it would be cool if it happened. And that's one way. The other thing that I'm going to offer is new environments really help me. So there's a period of time. I think the large majority of people don't create more money because they're not willing to actually like do all of this work because it actually is not easy or else everyone would do it. I think maybe not easy, but there's a lot of repetition involved. There's a lot of challenging your mind and challenging who you are involved. And not everyone is committed to that. And that's okay. I hope you are because making money gives you a lot more options. And that's why you're here, right? So new environments doesn't have to be in person. When I first started studying money, I couldn't like go anywhere. I also only really had access to like free content online, but I could buy books. And so that, as you guys know, I love books because it gave me a new environment to be in where I could like, how do they think about money? What are the things that they do with money? Normalizing how people talk, the amount of money they spend, the amount of money they make, the amount of money they invest. 
And it was uncomfortable in the beginning because I was like, I don't know if this is true, right? Because my subconscious mind is trying to prove that I'm right with all my thoughts about money. And so new environments, as much as I think in person is awesome, it doesn't have to be. It could be a group like this. It could be just reading books from authors that did make the amount of money that you want to make. I think the biggest thing I'm going to share is that I stopped listening to people who didn't have the financial results that I wanted, including my parents, including my friends, including my husband. <laughs> and this was really difficult because I saw a vision of what could be. And many of you guys have this vision of what could be. Sometimes your spouse is on board. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes your parents have the financial reality that you would like. Sometimes they don't. And so when we pick a new environment of people, we're picking people intentionally who have results that we would like. Because they have a way of thinking, whether they're unconscious or conscious about the way that they think, right? Those are two different things, but they do have the thoughts that have served them to create the financial reality. And this is why I think coaching, mentorship, online communities, the internet, even social media, if they're real, we get some of these fake things, can give you a new environment where it's a lot easier to believe the beliefs that you actually want because it's like the group is thinking this way. Group think is very powerful both directions, both in the direction of building what you want and in the direction of building what you don't want. The next one is new suggestions. So I'm going to actually use the word auto suggestions. One of the things that I learned about myself is I like to imagine things before I'm going to bed because there's different brainwaves that it's beyond the scope of what I feel comfortable teaching about, but there's different levels of brainwaves, right? When we're more sleepy or relaxed, this is why hypnosis works, where that gateway between our conscious mind and our subconscious mind is much more open, right? I learned this from there's a really good book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy, another book I recommend. And he talks about how before he would fall asleep, he would talk about ideas in his head. Not I am wealthy, just wealth. I am abundant because his brain's like, but you're not, right? It's just the idea, the concept. And so I think thinking about whatever prosperity means to you, maybe it's just freedom, maybe it's options to take your family on vacation or to invest in real estate or to, I don't know, whatever your reasons are for having money and whatever you picture yourself doing with it, tie it to just like the big basic idea, abundance, prosperity, freedom, limitless, and think about those things and then let it go. I think the moment we start thinking or we try to attach to it, like how or when, it stops working because our brain's starting to disprove things. And so auto-suggestions work when we're not trying to disprove it, when we're just imagining or feeling into this idea of prosperity without trying to disprove it, without trying to figure out all the details. One of the things that I did, I don't do this anymore, but I did do this when I was really working on some of my thoughts. I would just type into YouTube, maybe self-hypnosis, I can't remember. Maybe it was called self-hypnosis, but guided meditation is very similar, like for abundance or for prosperity. And I really like Michael Neal on YouTube. His voice was very calming. And I would just do it for 15 minutes. And it was just me knowing the repetition, right? Like, this is why I made this, because this is what we're after. Things that I like doing, things that felt easy to me, because it's not just one of these things that's going to work. It really is a commitment to trying things that change how you subconsciously believe about money. That's what we're after. This is similar to new thoughts, but I wanted to put it here because I think new paradigms is like a whole different way of seeing the world, not just a new thought. This is how I choose my coaches, actually, and mentors is people who have different paradigms than me, not just different thoughts. They see the world differently than me. Like I learned this from Alex Ramosi. He's like, if there's people who are making more money than me, they figured something out that I haven't figured out yet. 
either in the way that they believe, the way that they see the world, or a form of action. And so I think an action comes from the way we see the world. So I think finding ways to shift your paradigm by getting around people, by studying people, and doing it repetitively changes your paradigm. So it's not just individual thoughts. It also is like our worldview. And what's interesting to me is it's gradual, but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, like I think so differently. It comes out almost like subconsciously. That's like kind of the power of it. I actually had a conversation with my dad yesterday. Glace of think like him because I was raised by him, right? But we almost got into an argument yesterday about how we see people making money because he said, well, they just got lucky. You know, that was the word that he said. And I refuse to believe that people are lucky because that's out of my control. And so I was like, I don't believe that. And I realized that my paradigm had shifted. Rich people aren't lucky. Rich people learned skills, ways of thinking, action, all these different ways, you know, all the things that we're talking about here to create it. And so I believe people create money. He thought people got lucky. And like, we kind of like, our paradigms hit each other. <laughs> I'll say it that way. But it was good for me to realize what I really believe. And sometimes we have those moments where we can reflect on all the things that, like all the work that we've done. That's what I mean by paradigm. It's like, it's not just a singular thought. It's like a way of seeing the world. And so that's what we're after with money too. The last thing that I'm going to share is new action. You'll notice some of the prompts that I've been giving you is challenging you to take new action, action that might make you feel really uncomfortable, like making an offer, like asking for more money than you've ever asked for before, like personal invitations, not so that they say yes. I mean, it's awesome if they say yes, but it's more getting you out of your day to day because your day to day got you where you are. And that's not bad. We're just observing that maybe it's not where you want to be. And so we want to take new action. In fact, if I had to say one thing, how I know I have new thoughts, emotions, new ways of being, new expectations, new paradigms is the action that I take. It's like the evidence. If you think of like an iceberg, the action is what I see, right? The new action is the tip of the iceberg that is supported by all the work that I've done, the repetition, the images, the thoughts, the feelings, the paradigms, the shifting. And so I think I can observe myself and you can too, based on what you've been doing what you've been asking for, what you've been thinking about, what you've been investing in, what you've been learning, the kinds of questions you ask yourself, but also the type of offers you've been making, the amount of content you've been creating and value you've been adding to the world, your willingness to try something new, how you handle failure, all these things. And so I think this is like an easy check-in. If you're not super good at noticing your thoughts, I'm actually really not great at like analyzing individual thoughts. I could not tell you a singular thought that I had that I wanted to change. I'm way better at noticing my emotions. And I learned this a lot from Abraham Hicks, right? Like we're paying attention to how we feel on the emotional scale. And then if I did a little, I could probably find the thought. But what's interesting is the first thing I notice is what am I doing? Like when I'm in a bad spot, what I'm believing is not awesome. I'm usually like not doing anything. I'm just kind of like pacing my house. I don't know if you guys have your version of this. I'm like being busy with little things and I'm like my energy's like frantic and my mind's all over the place and I'm not like doing anything to completion. One of the things that changed my life is the definition that excellence is a commitment to completion. And I want to offer that to you because we're about, what day is it? It's March 13th. So we're like almost halfway through the month. It's easy at this point to just be like, I don't see how this number is going to happen. I don't think that this is possible. And doubt is very sneaky because it's not going to be like doubt, doubt, doubt. It's going to be like, well, you know, life's so good. Like you made money. Like it's okay. You have a lot going on. You have a lot of thoughts that you're working on. You're so busy. Don't worry about it. Take it easy. You need a rest. 
sometimes we do need to rest. I will say that. But like, I think we have to be onto ourselves about the sneakiness of how the cybernetic effect happened, how cybernetics takes place in our own mind, right? The thermostat. For me, it was always like Zen. It's okay. You don't want to disrupt the flow and like your Zenness. You don't want to be stressed. So don't worry about it. What I found is that was like my sneaky subconscious way of bringing me back to what was comfortable. And so there's a way to continue to believe in the amount of money you want to make this month or for the year or whatever. I mean, you can apply this to any time period that isn't stressful. So what I do when I'm stressed or when I don't believe, I actually just go to images and emotions. So it's like sometimes it's taking a walk and just being like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, someone did join the Matrix this month? Wouldn't it be cool if I did get a referral or someone did respond to my email? Something believable to get me shifting in the right direction. It's easy to give up when you have no evidence. But this is what I want to offer. The absence of evidence. I think I heard this from somewhere, actually. I know. Okay, this is not my line, but it's a really good line. The absence of evidence is not evidence of its absence. And now I really wish I knew who said that because that is not my quote. But I really believe this. Just because it's not here now does not mean it's not here now. It doesn't mean someone's not looking at your website. It doesn't mean that someone's not considering working with you just because you don't know it. Just because you don't have evidence does not mean that it's not happening. And so one of the things I really like to anchor in when I sign a client or when my client signs a client or when, you know, whatever happens is really anchoring into the thought it was always working. This is one of my thoughts that I used to just hope to believe and now I really believe it is always working whether we see that or not. What I don't want to change is these things. If I hinge my thoughts, emotions, action, environment, expectation, ways of being, repetition, all these things on the evidence, I will lose because these things create the evidence. So if I stop doing them, the evidence goes away. And so I think one of the things that I've learned is to fall in love with doing these things unattached to evidence. I believe that evidence will come. I don't stop doing these things because I didn't see it, right? And this is like the classic example of people who are like writing down new thoughts or affirmations for like a week. And they're like, well, nothing happened. So I'm going to stop doing them. I have a phrase that I've said, and I think it's really powerful is, I'm here until it works. I was here doing these things long before I ever changed my financial reality because I believed. I started seeking out stories and people and examples that was undeniable proof that these things do work if I work them. And so I want to kind of almost spark that belief in you. If you've been, I don't want to say taking it easy. If you've stopped having that fire, a lot of us start a business with like that fire of like possibility. And then we kind of get beat down with failure, with things not happening as fast as we want it to. This is not a get rich fast solution. This isn't for sure. But it is a solid foundation to create the money that you want if you work the system, if you work these things, actually do them. And so I want you, if you have like a piece of paper out, what does this actually look like in your daily life? What does this actually change about the way you wake up in the morning or how you do the dishes or go on walks? Because none of this matters if it doesn't change the way that you are actually like embodying and living your life. I think knowledge is awesome, but knowledge is not power. And I think we in school were taught like knowledge is power. And I really wish I could go back and be like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not power. Applied knowledge, if I actually live it, if something in me changes, that's when it becomes power. Knowledge is potential power, but only if you use it. 
And so this list is awesome. I mean, if you can recite it to your friends, that's great. If you can go teach it to your clients, that's great. But are you living it? That's what's way more interesting. And that's what actually makes the difference. And so even if you just take two of these, you're like, you know what? I'm going to start having a visual, like I'm going to start picturing something and I'm going to start summoning the, if I had to choose a few, this one repetition is the most important. Whatever you choose, keep doing it and choose new emotions. If I had to pick two to really focus on, ideally you're going to do some form of all of these over time. I don't want to overwhelm you. So like what this actually looks like, I want to like break it down. This is what I do. This is not what you have to do. So every day I read a statement about what I'm creating. There's a book called Thinking Grow Rich. It's very famous. And he has a process in that book where you kind of like decide on something you're going to create and you talk about what you're willing to do to create it. This is important. It's in the present moment. I'm happy and grateful for blank. And then I read my statement, whatever I'm working on. I do this every day. This is something I actually do. And like I said, this isn't good in theory. This is good when you actually live it. I practice the feelings whenever I can. What I love about this work is I can change how I feel in an instant when I become aware of how I'm feeling, right? The moment that I notice I'm feeling off or like hopeless or despair, I'm like, is this how I really want to feel today? How can I feel better? And we're just moving up the emotional scale. Right? We're spiraling upward and it doesn't have to be like despair to ecstasy, despair to joy. It can be despair to determination. I'm just something that moves me in the direction that I want. So I'm constantly aware of how I'm feeling. And then the three things that we talked about, add value, make an ask, and then choose my beliefs. Those three things that we talked about, I do every day as well. Add value, sometimes it's to my whole audience, sometimes it's to an individual person. Making an ask, especially like right now, it's for my masterclass. Sometimes it's a direct ask for an offer that I have, join my email list, something. I'm asking people to take action. This is how entrepreneurs entrepreneur. We have to make asks. And then working on my beliefs, I read books every day. I recommend if you don't have great beliefs or thoughts, borrow them. Borrow them until they can be your own. That is absolutely life-changing for me. The other thing that I think I might add here is studying the material, not just regurgitating it or having it float around your brain, like really studying it until you could explain it in your own way. That's how we know that we have something, right? So like try to teach it to a friend, try to teach it to a client, try to teach it to someone because it'll force you to integrate it in a way that actually like unlocks the value. And so this has been really helpful for me is I don't just like read stuff, I study it so that it changes me. And then the other thing that I am relentless on, and so I really like the word relentless, I think it can be misleading. It doesn't mean that I'm hustling or overworking is action. I have not stopped taking action since I started my business. And that doesn't mean that I work all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm exhausted. I'm not actually, but I do take action every day and I do take action publicly. You could listen to a podcast or you can make an offer on your social media. Those two are very different things. I recommend you do both. But if you had to pick one, make the call to action because action is evidence of our belief that it's working. I journal creatively like when I was in high school, I used to like use it like a diary. Like this is going on. He broke up with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like stuff like that, right? My friend said this and I'm feeling kind of sad. Like I would like kind of like express my feelings. It would be like reporting. I don't journal that way anymore. It's definitely like creative. Wouldn't it be cool if things I'm working on, here's my plan to hit this number in my business. This is what I would love. These are the things that I hope happen this year. These are the things that I would love to happen in my lifetime. These are the things I'm working on creating in my marriage. These are the things I want to do as a mom. Like very creative use in my journal because thoughts become things. 
I think when I have a thought, the first form of creation for me is writing it down. And so I take that pretty seriously. I've always had a journal and I'm excited one day to look through like, oh yeah, I wrote it down. Six months later, it was a thing. I wrote it down. A year later, it happened, right? Like, and I can trace it back to when I started thinking about it. And it's like the first form of creation. From my mind to the paper, I took a step to making it real. So these are the things that I actually do in real time. I recommend you create your own little system. Some of you already have a lot of these. I wanted to kind of open it up to actually answering questions or like where you're stuck, especially if you're someone who like looks at this list of things, new thoughts, new emotions, new images, new ways of being, repetition. And you're like, I kind of do this and I'm stuck or I kind of do this and I don't know what's happening. I would love to talk to you or anyone else who has a specific question about any of this. Let's make it real. Who has a question or wants support, coaching, where are you stuck? How can I help? Kids are all good. Got it. Nailed. Making it rain. Money's flowing in. Amber, I'm willing to be coached, but I don't know like what I necessarily want to work on. Okay. I'm like, I don't want to pass up this opportunity. No, it's okay. Tell me where you're at and tell me where you want to be. Let's start there. So I guess we can talk about like my new offer for the yeah. consults. I feel a little bit nervous about, I feel nervous, but I don't. Like I feel confident in it. Like yeah. I feel confident in the pricing. I feel confident in what I have to offer. But I guess I don't know where to go from there. Like, are you already in that phase where you're like talking about it and selling it? No, I just mentioned it last week on my stories and then started my period. So I signed off for a couple of days yeah. and I was also sick. And so, I mean, I just dropped it that one time. So when you think about someone signing up for it, does it feel like that's in the future? Like someone will sign up for it at some point. How do you feel about them signing up for it today? They probably don't even know that it exists, so they can't sign for it because they don't know how. That might be true. So I think it's not like this is the first thing you sold. So I know you know what it's going to take to sell it. Are you in a place like physically where you're ready to take action? I think so. So what's when you can do it? Or maybe you have a plan to do it today. So I had another coach reach out to me over the weekend and she was like, somebody was asking me about you and she has questions about PCOS and I told her to talk to you about it and so in my message back to her I said yeah I know like charge $300 for consults but it's not like a coach consult it's like if you were to go to a practitioner a holistic practitioner like that's what it would be like like it's not a sales call you know and then I didn't hear anything back from her and I was like (laughs) kind of nervous about it but I still feel good at it I know that what I have to offer is good. And yeah, you're right. Like, I know how to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. I've sold lots of, stuff. lots of things with great success and it's not a big deal. And But I do notice that like the higher the price of things, the more nervous they feel to sell it. Okay. Which is, I think, pretty normal. Like you're testing the limits of what you think is possible, what you think people will pay for. So I think I'm going to ask you, why would people want to pay $300 for a consult with you? Because they get so much individual, like personalized care. I honestly believe that you wouldn't get it anywhere else. You would walk away feeling like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. Like I have a plan and I have somebody in my corner that totally understands where I am. And I can ask her questions if I need to. And like, you just feel totally supported. So then my next question is, why would someone pay for one call with you versus signing up for six months of coaching with with you? What's the value? Well, I think that some people don't want to pay for six months or maybe they don't feel like they need it. And so to go from a six package that's $6,000 
to one call yes. for $300, but that's going to give you so much value. Like, I'm going to give you an example. A few years ago, I paid for like a human design reading. She had coaching packages. I didn't want it. I just wanted her to walk me through my chart. So I think I paid like around $300 for the hour. She gave me this thing. I'm the kind of person that I'm like, you give it to me. I will execute. Right. That's the kind of person you want too. It's almost like a prescription. So what yes. do you believe about this kind of person? I think it might be a different person than the person who wants like six months of coaching. They're like, give it to me. I want it all. And then I want to go make these changes. I think the person that would sign up for the console would be maybe the type of person that's like, I can't pay. Six, and I don't even think I need that. that. I think that's more powerful belief even. They don't need the six months. They want powerful call with you and then to integrate and apply whatever you tell them to do. And I've had like several women bring me their hair stands, like that's become a thing, but they don't know what to do with the hair stand. They're like, this is my report back. But, and I'm like, that would be perfect, you know, to bring that to a console call. Like, let me go over that with you and tell you what to do from here. Or like they got blood work and they're like, I don't know, what does this actually mean to me? I feel like the coaching industry bridges that gap between here's all this knowledge. Now, what do I do with it? So it's like almost like in your messaging, you're going to want to really speak to this person and you believe that they exist so that you meet. Like it's someone who takes action. They don't need a lot of handholding. You could even say that they're having all these symptoms and problems. They're ready to integrate what they know and actually like make some changes. And, you know, they want this intensive experience and then they just want to go do it. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And that sounds exactly like what I'm offering and the value that they'll get. So I think it's good. I think the thing in your mind, like from a belief standpoint, is that you see your six-month coaching in your console as very different, but very valuable. It just depends on what they want, right? Because what you don't want is to like only sell your 300 and never sell your six-month coaching right, exactly. or vice versa. Yes. yes. And you want to see both as valuable. They might be for different people. They might not, right? They might, someone might come to the console and be like, I want to keep talking to you, you know, but definitely seeing them equally available and that there's equal demand for both. I love the idea of being able to like meet somebody where they are as far as like finances go. You know, I've got my courses. I've got my podcast free. got my courses. They're not expensive. You know, everything then builds on top of that. And so I like being able to offer that. I love the offer, especially for what you do. I just think it's a really good fit. So make it. Make the offer. Get it out there. You also have a question or something coming up. Can be related to offers. Can be related to what we talked about. Hey, Bonnie. Amber. You have something? So I never made that text with the offer because in my head, I was thinking, well, if I put something out there saying I'm honing my skills, why would anyone want to pay for that? So, of course, I'm going to that, but I'm going to come up with keep having this web design, this web thing coming up. I'm meeting with her and I'm solidifying that this week, but I guess it's just practicing those new thoughts. And I think I need to figure out something that will... Because I, I got I got coached on that, too. And she was like, yeah, I don't know that people would want to pay for something if you're saying you're honing in on your skills. So I just need to think of something that, like, resonates with me. I don't think you're honing in on your skills. I think you're helping physicians who are burned out. Like, if I yeah. showed up with a doctor and I was like, hey, you need to talk to Bonnie because you are burned out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is my friend. I love her. She's so burned out. She's got no introduction to thought work, right? Or coaching or mindset. That's not her specialty. It's not what she's been exposed to. Can you help her? That's what you're tapping into. It's like the service. Yeah, I'm getting into my head. Because you can help. I know I can help. Why aren't you saying I could help? 
that's an offer too. I still haven't come out of the closet. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I'm talking about it. Like my friends, my physician friends that know that I'm a life coach. They know that I'm doing this. I just haven't come out online. So I was kind of thinking of doing like this announcement. Hey, my website done. And it has my whole story there. That's what I was thinking of because I know when my friends did that and that was really cool. And that's how I saw her website. I'm like, oh, that's really awesome. It's just at least putting it out there so that people know. You can do that with or without your website. This is the good news and the bad news. No one will care about your website as much as you care about your site. To me, that sets me free. When I announce something new, when I pivot, when I do something different, I mean, someone might care for a little bit and then they're going to go back to their life. And so it's you that cares. And that's okay. It's just good to remember that. So true. Can't help anyone when you're sitting in your closet pretending to not be a life coach. I'm doing it this week. I said it last week, but this week I'm really doing it. I think last week I was like, if I was really mean, I'd put you on the spot to do it right now. I'm going to do it after I speak with my web designer. Why are you going to do it? I am going to do it because I just think of all these peace women that need it. All these doctors are seriously suffering. So if I can help, like even one would be amazing. And I know that I can. It's just a matter of doing it. You can today. Like what I was asking Ashley about, you know, in the future, so easy to believe in the future. The way that we yeah. move the needle is by collapsing time into this now, right? That you can help someone today. And for me, like the thought that helps me is like, this really isn't about me. When I make an offer, it's like, if no one takes me up on it, that's okay. This isn't about me. It's just, I know I have something that can really help. And you do totally. too. So if it helps get out of your own mind and get into their mind about what they're thinking, they don't see an end in sight. They don't know what to do. They're embarrassed because there's this weird thing about doctors, as you know, right? Like this shame of like struggling or whatever. Like, you know this because you have intimate knowledge about what it's like to be a burnout doctor. <laughs> Tap into what yeah. you're thinking and think about how you could be literally like an answer to prayer, a godsend to them today just by saying, I can help you if you feel burned out. And what I love about the offer that you're making, it's not like pay me thousands of dollars to work with me. It's just like have a conversation with yeah. me. The offer isn't so drastic. It's always about service. When you come out of your head and you're going back to service, that's Mm -hmm. when you're like, oh my God, yeah, of course. Like, that's what it's about. Like, why am I staying here? It's uncomfortable. There's probably a little bit of fear. What are they going to think? You know, when you imagine, this might be interesting to play with, like when you imagine putting an offer out into the world, do you have a picture like of what might happen? What's the picture? Do you imagine what they're going to think? Like, is there like a DM that someone sends you? Is there someone in your mind that like... No, it's the talking behind the back, which I don't really care. I mean, but clearly I care because there are some people that are totally into it. I mean, it's such a something that's needed, but there's some people that I like to talk to. Well, I had a, not, it's a little bit different, but similar. I had a friend who became a therapist and I saw a post that she made about life coaches and, you know, like just dissing. And I was like, like, this is a few years ago, you know, like, oh my gosh, yeah. I hide. Oh my gosh. Like maybe she knows that I'm a life coach. Maybe she's judging me. Like I had all this fear and it was an opportunity for me for sure to solidify my belief in what I do. And I mean, I present that to you as well. Like people might think, even if, that's a really powerful word choice. Even if they judge you behind your back, do you believe yeah. in like, you enough to stand up for the people who are looking for a solution that you have? Absolutely. Then who cares what the other people think? They're just not your clients. They're just not for you. Make the offer. Just a chat. It doesn't have yes. to pay me thousands of dollars. <laughs> but Ash, jump on a Zoom call with me for an hour. Your life might change. You do not have to stay in this burned out state. 
Oh, true. I like that. Okay, that resonates with me. Make it about them, not about you honing your craft. Cindy, do I need to give part of a course for free or do something to prove yourself to others before offering it? Like you said, you coach 100 people for free when you first started. I did. I think that that question is more complex, Cindy, because I don't know, are you going to be selling a course? I don't think, I don't resonate with the word prove myself. I resonate with the word adding value. So it's never about proving myself. It's about adding value to people. So when I was a new coach and I coached, I tried to coach 100 people free. I didn't get to 100 because I actually started sending my first clients from that. But it wasn't like, I'm going to prove myself as a coach. It's like, I'm going to get experience. I'm going to help people. I'm going to learn what it is like to run a session. And that helped me. But it was about a value exchange. I think there's a lot of ways to sell a course. I think some people sell it with like a little bit, unlock the rest or whatever. Some people sell it with webinars, master classes. There's lots of ways, but I would really challenge the thought that you feel like you need to prove yourself. That's where I'd go. So it's like, I want to offer so much value that people want my course. I want to help people know that there's a solution for them. So I'm going to make it clear in my content. And when they want to know more, I have a solution. I have another offer for them to take the work deeper. I think that works a lot better than the proving myself. Because then proving myself is all about me. Like when I just kind of coached Bon Young, I had to prove myself this is about me and my ego and my feeling good versus I know I can help someone with this. I know I can help. And if I know I can help one person, I can help 100 people. And that's a very powerful realization. So if you have more questions, Cindy, feel free to ask me either in Slack. Feel free to ask me more questions about the course because I think there are lots of ways to do it. Like you guys know, like I really resonate with does this feel good to me? Is this a proven strategy that other people have done so it would work for me? And that combination, I think, can create amazing results. Like, I really want you to think through what this actually means for your life because it can change your life. When you learn how to be a rainmaker and you do all these things, there's no amount of money that you can't make. I really believe that. And it puts the ball back in your court to be the creator instead of like just being blown about by the wind of circumstances in your life. A powerful one applied. So my challenge for you is to go apply it. So like start doing the repetition because it's going to happen instantly, but it will change. And so commit to something, actually do it. And then I'll see you guys next week. And in Slack, please feel free to ask questions or get coaching in there as well.